Well met, fellow adventurers. We are once again playing as Sir Croakington. Who is a lady? And we are in the headquarters of the Silver Quest. The outfit which we which I now lead. The headquarters of the Silver Quest. An outfit you now proudly lead. Is slowly returning to its usual state. Cluttered but comfortable. Griffin, Isquidar and Jeek have been hard at work making certain the quest will soon be fully ready to once again tattle the best business. Business of hunting the horrid beasts that see fit to savagely turn fang and claw against humanity. Riddle's womb, located in the back of the headquarters, is now yours. For it is presently filled with too much clutter to be of any real use. There's currently no sign of your fellow free members in and about the headquarters. But, anyway, previously we we took a seat by a fire and got sucked into a dread mask adventure but that, that but that is resolved for now but the thing we're most interested in is a form of adventure called back in business for the past hour iskrita has been telling you all about a particularly strange problem plaguing the shop of Twin North Worm. Let us begin. And so it begins. Teak frowns, rises from his seat, and empties his nearly, nearly full pot of stew. Nearly full bowl of steaming stew back into the pot, resting on the edge of the ta ta table. The others, including Pritham, those interesting concoction. Serves us tonight's supper. Pay him no no notice as they continue the conversation that began long before the four of you sat down for today's last meal. One must not conduct an enterprise like ours purely on charitable terms, says Pritham, casting a quick glance at his guitar. But Pritham wouldn't have allowed it. I'm sure you, Sir Crokington, can see the enjoying wisdom in that, as kindly as I can endeavour to put it. The old miser needs to pay the full amount. For the past hour, Iskritar has been telling telling all, all of you about a particularly strange problem plaguing the shop of Midwin Northrum. Ever met Midwin, Sir Crokington? asked Iskritar, repeating a question he posed to you less than an hour ago. He's got that shop full of all useless gunk. Just down the uh, down the alley on the southern southern side of Blade Square. He's he's a nice nice enough shop. He's a nice enough sort, I suppose. But he's just a little bit. Pritham gets up and fetches himself a third heap heaping of the questionable stew. He then shakes his head. Leans across the table towards you. He then retakes his seat. He leans across the table towards you and shakes his head. Ridworm is miserable in every conceivable sense of the word, he says. 
Isella supposedly has some beast living it, though it's quite doubtful. There's anything beyond a handful of rats. You'll give us a job hunting down whatever he thinks it is. Knowing that we'll tend to the rats as well, then, when we don't come up with the carcass of some fantastical creature, you'll stand firm, saying he's not obligated to pay. He's not called Mudrun the Miser for nothing. After Prithen, Iskidar and Teak threw you in on some of their previous encounters with Midrum, it's decided that the Silver Quest, so it's not to besmirch its stalwart reputation, must investigate the cellar of Northworn Curiosities. Having decided on that, as the leader of the Silver Quest, you find yourself faced with the decision. Which one of the four will undertake the task? Almost immediately, your fellow members of the Silver Quest begin to produce a litany of reasons why they cannot presently under pleasantly take on the task at hand. The meagre excuses offered by Teak, Prithim and Iskridar, who, not unexpected, are somewhat irksome. Alright, Prithim can do it. As if reciting from a well-rehearsed script, Pritham begins to detail for you the present set of circumstances that prevent it from being considered for the job at hand. Despite the vague details supporting his claims, and the obvious motive behind his embellished list of excuses, you quickly grow cheery of what you sense is becoming an argument with no conceivable end. Okay, Teak can do it! As if reciting from a well-rehearsed script, Critique begins to detail for you the present set of circumstances that prevent him from being considered for the job at hand. Despite the vague details supporting his claims, and the obvious motive behind his embellished set list of excuses, you quickly grow weary of what you sense is, is becoming an argument with no conceivable end. Okay, Iskadar can do it then. As if reciting from a well-rehearsed script, Iskritar begins to detail for you the present set of circumstances that prevent him from being considered for the job at hand. Despite the vague details supporting his claims and the obvious motive behind the embellished list of excuses, you quickly grow weary of what you sense is becoming an argument with no conceivable end. Yeah, guess I gotta do it myself. With no desire to enter into a prolonged argument with the three fellow members of your silver quest, you decide that you'll take on the job yourself. Well, I hope they do something at some point. It's a monster hunting team, not a monster hunting dude. A Teak, Prithwin, and Iskridar busy themselves with nothing of any particular importance. You set about preparing for the task at hand. Within the hour, you're standing in the middle of the clutter-filled room at the back of Moodworm's North One shop. The white-haired man, his fierce eyes regarding you with a look that seems to suggest an equal measure of disdain and suspicion, tells you that the noises coming from the cellar, from, from his cellar have of late become quite worrisome. Your French, your friend Prithren wants you to believe it. Wants me to believe it's rats. He says, shaking his head. I told him the widow would not have put me out, 
Aren't you the leader of the outfit? Well, perhaps you'll take the situation more seriously. Care to have a look in the cellar? Woodworm leads you down, down a short hall and into a small square room. There, he pulls down a wooden hatch, revealing a sturdy ladder descending into darkness. You brought your own light, I suppose. You'll need it. Let me know what you find. And mind that I only pay for a job done to my satisfaction. I don't easily part from my gold, save in those cases where my per- where a person in my employ has earned it, of course. Without waiting for your response, the unpleasant man turns and strides out of the womb, leaving your own in front of the open hatch. Realising that the sooner you make a search of the sailor, the sooner you'll be able to leave the shop, you promptly climb down into the dark. You're standing at the base of a sturdy ladder that climbs up and out of the cellar. Through the open hatch at the top of the cellar, you can hear what sounds like Mudrum rearranging the clutter that fills his shop. The cellar passage continues to the north and south of here, plunging into the musty gloom in both directions. You have no desire to leave the cellar until you've discovered the source of the unsettling noise Mildrum has reported. Okay, I'm on, I'm on a map. It's, uh... Okay, it's a pretty little little rectangle with two passages to the north, two passages to the east, and two passages to our coast to the south. Alright, I'm going to do them clockwise. The sudden sound of something moving on the passage just beyond the, the range of your light sends you over an earth nurse on this. Moments later, you breathe a sigh of relief as a large, not too large, rat scurries out of the gloom ahead. Well, I guess, well, since it's there, I might as well deal with it. Attack the rat. You quickly look, you rush forward and attack the rat. Oh, this is a limping rat? Oh, now I feel bad. Bad about attacking it. Oh, well. Down it will go. The vicious rat snaps at you. It does, doesn't do any damage and it is slain. 1 XP. You step over the remains of the slain rat and continue along the cellar passage. Well, I think that is substantially easier to deal with than the shadow dragon. Alright. Let's check out the first northern alcove. There's a question mark there, so it'll be something. It appears that a small lever once protruded from the metal plate fixed to the back wall of this narrow alcove. Well, once I've got an item, I'll be able to do something, but I haven't. Okay. The sudden sound of something moving along the passage just beyond the range of your light sets your nerves on edge. Moments later, you breathe a sigh of relief as a large, though not too large, wat scurries out of the gloom ahead. Let's attack this wat. It's a large wat. Snaps at you and is slain. And another 1xp. You step, you hop over the wings of the slain wat and continue along the cellar passage. Please continue. Okay, the eastern nor- northeast alcove. Nothing there. The north. East. The north of the eastern alcove, there's some sort of question mark. A long iron lever, its thick shaft, horribly rusted, 
protrudes from a metal plate affixed to the back wall of this shadow alcove. The lever has been pushed into its up position. Well, I guess I'll pull it. I don't know what it will do. Maybe it will be the set everyone on fire lever. Pull the lever down anyway. Despite your best effort, you're unable to budge the small lever. Guess I've got to do something first. Head back west. Okay, I'm now... A large iron grate is set into the floor in this section of the cellar passage. Let's watch. Peer down through the grate. You peer down through the grate and uncover a wide channel filled with slugged, fetid water. You immediately realise the mooded cellar sticks directly over one of the many ancient sewer tunnels that pass beneath the streets of Twithick. You wonder if perhaps the noises the shopkeeper claims to have heard could have been coming from the sewers. Uh, let's just remain in here until we've clear, until we've explored everywhere. Remain in the sewer. Okay, the southern of the eastern passages. A long iron lever, its thick shaft horribly rusted, protrudes from a metal plate affixed to the back wall of this shadow alcove. The lever's been pushed into an up position. Pull the lever down. Nope, can't do anything with it. Head back west. Okay, checking out the southern alcoves now. A small iron lever protrudes from a metal plate affixed to the back wall of this narrow alcove. The lever is probably pulled up. Pull it down. Pull the small lever down. Yes, I finally pulled something down. Does that mean I can pull these levers down? Nope, not yet. Can't pull down the eastern levers. Well, I've explored. Oh, here's another rat. It's a limping rat. I'm going to attack it. It is slain, and it is another 1xp. Yes, since it's 1xp, another rat. It's a large rat. But I slay. I just. I just chopped it in half. It is slain. 1xp to general. From the combat experience. Which is you which can split between general and weaponry subskills and any weaponry weaponry subskills that you might have used and any powers you might have used. But of course when it's just 1xp it just goes to one of them. Alright, let's peer down through the gate. Climb down the climb down into the sewer. Tunnel. Despite several heroic efforts, you are unable to budge the iron grate. It must be somehow secured to the floor. Hmm. Alright. Pull the lever down. Can't budge the lever. Head back west. Hmm. Maybe one of these rats has something. Can't pull down the northern, the eastern levers. Attack the rat. Just going to quick combat it. 1xp. Hmm. Another rat. Diseased rat. Well, good job I dealt with that then. Alright, there's an item you can use here. There was once a lever here, but there isn't any more. Presumably it'll turn up. Having identified what you believe to be the source of the sounds plaguing Woodrum's shop, you could climb out and report the task is complete if you wanted to. No, no, no. 
No, that, he, he won't settle for that. He'll just ask me to go down again. The sickly rat. It is slain. One XP to general. Must you make your way through the musty gloom? Here's another rat. Quick combat it. It was a sickly rat. One XP to general. Ah, what's going on here? Another rat. It's a large rat. It is combated. One XP to stabbing. Oh, I probably don't. It's another rat. Quick combat. It's a diseased rat. Just one XP. Suddenly. At the edge of the cellar passage, you spot what appears to be a small iron lever lying against the base of the wall. Believing the detached lever may prove to be useful, you promptly take possession of it. I have a small iron lever, and it gives, and its small iron lever is quite corroded. That's an encumbrance of one, but that doesn't matter because I'll be getting rid of it soon. With the small length of iron chucked in safely amongst your belongings, you resume your exploration of the cellar. I can use this, but not yet, but that just puts on the quick use. Okay, there was once a lever here, and now there is again. 32 experience to general. You fit the small iron lever into the opening metal plate. After fiddling with the lever for nearly a minute, you hear a soft click as the length of iron... As the length of, of iron seats itself into the snug fitting somewhere behind the slotted plate. Alright, now I can pull the lever down. Pull the lever down. And back south. Okay. Does that mean I can pull the eastern lever? Pull it down. With great effort, you manage to pull the lever down. And back west. Okay, I'm going to pull the southern of the eastern levers. Pull that down. Great effort, you managed to pull the lever down. Head back west. Now I'm hit. Oh, it's another wat. Just going to quick combat that. Another 1xp. And the enchantment of devastation. Hope we roll, hope we roll a 20. Hmm, nice. Alright, peer down through the gate. Climb down into the sewer, sewer tunnel. After struggling to lift the heavy grate. You carefully lower yourself into the sewer tunnel, the odour rising through the dark, sluggish, needy water that flows through the channel is enough to make you want to retch. At first, you see nothing beyond the range of your light in either direction along the dang tunnel. Then, slowly and ominously, the sound, the strange an unnerving sound of something sliding across the stone, stone reaches your ears. Moments after first hearing the unsettling noise, this hideous sore suddenly appears out of the gloom. A devourer. Its black, gruesome, slime-covered bulk, undulating as it hauls itself along the tunnel, makes a loud gurgling sound as it approaches. The giant sewer's predator, its wound, cavernous mouth stretched wide, is swiftly bearing down upon you. With flight not an option, you draw yourself into combat-ready stance and prepare to engage the massive terror. It's a devourer, and let's describe them. Devourer is a name given as two distinct but equally unpleasant creatures, an adventurer might encounter in the course of the adventure. 
The first devourer is the name given to a particularly savage breed of wolfkin, the proud of wintry realm of Alkim Kaklak, seeking devour the paleobred men who dwell there. The second type is a large, black, slime-covered worm that dwells in the dark, watery lairs where it feeds on all manner of biological material and refuse, and it's that one. The devourer's cavernous, wing-shaped mouth, through devoid of any teeth, is capable of, de- of delivering a crushing bite. Night that, that can easily kill even very large prey, and I'm not even very large. Rumors of devourers prowling the, su- the maze of sewers beneath the streets of Twithick have existed for more than a couple of centuries, and they, it turns out they're true. But maybe they'll start being false again once I've dealt with it. Although I suspect there is others. Because, you know, very few things come in one, in just one. Because, you know, biology and, you know, biological things. They breed and stuff. Alright, let's fight the devourer. The fearsome devourer surges forward and snaps its fearsome jaws as you try to eat me. That's no good. I'm, pro- pro- I'm probably venomous and poisonous. The savage bite of your enemy tears into your flesh for nine damage. But that won't stop me. As I'm a very tough little, to- little frog. The devourer surges forward and snaps its fearsome jaw at you. And it is slain. 7 XP. The foul stench rising up from the oozing carcass. Rises up from the oozing carcass of the devourer. Struggling to catch your breath. You step back from the remains of the slain creature. And quickly check over your equipment. Having sufficiently recovered from the fight. And confident that you have eliminated the source of the strange sounds. Reported by Mudwan. You scrape and claw your way out of the sewer, sewer, sewer tunnel, and back into the shop cellar. You promptly replace the heavy grate that serves as the only way, only ba- barrier between the cellar and other perils likely prow- prowling the channel below. And well, we, we're not going to deal with those because we've only been paid to deal with one of them. And, you know, we don't want to deal with something without being paid. I mean, if we can. Peer down through the grate. You peer down through the grate into the sewer channel. Lying at the edge of the slugged fetid channel below. Below is the carcass of the devourer. Already, it seems, the other densons of the sewers have begun to consume the slain creature's remains. Right. Should we have taken some sort of trophy from it? You know, so we can say, yeah, this is the thing we slayed. It's like, ooh, it's gross. Take it away again. Here's, here's your money. But I guess we'll just... I guess you'll just have to take our word for it. Because, I mean... We, we are a silver crest. We are, we're not going to... We're not going to ruin our reputation just so we can get... 50 gold or whatever he's going to pay us. Attack the rat. 
So what? I'm just going to quick combat that. Another one XP. Hmm. There seems to be an unlimited supply of rats, but I guess when, when the sewer's down there, they could just keep popping in. All right. All right. The cellar passage continues to the north and south of here, plunging into the musty gloom from in both directions. Having slain the devourer, that prowled the sewer tunnel beneath the cellar. You think you should climb out and report your success? Says to Modum. Climb out of the cellar. A few minutes later, you're, you're standing in the cluttered foot room of Modum's shop. The white-haired shopkeeper rubs his bony hands together and grins as you describe to him the source of the noise coming down from the cellar. His eyes widen and he gasps as you tell him she went down into the sewers and defeated the devourer, making certain the creature will no longer plague him or anyone else. Remarkable, he says, his demeanour suggesting that he now regards you in a completely different light than when you first stepped into his shop. I'm glad I had you down there, and not one of those never-do-wells, those company-using pictures, Lollagret. Well done, yes, very well done. Mudrum leaves the room and returns less than a minute later, holding a bag of gold, which he promptly presents, presents to you 200 gold tokens. I believe that's the standard cost of doing business with your illustrious outfit, he says, smiling. I'll not soon forget this, thank you. The payment in hand, you make your way back to the to the eastern section of the city, where, in the cluttered confines of the Silver Quest headquarters, you announce the job's success. Paid you, did he? Pritham smirks as he goes back to examining, examining a troll, a scroll tacked to the surface of the table, table by the door. A devourer, says Teak. Are you sure it wasn't a kindish caller? In the dark there. Quite simply, you know. I'm surprised you returned so quickly. Quickly, says Iskridar, as he fiddles with one of the scrap straps on the back of a leather shield. Well, at any rate, it's a job well done. Silvercrest is back on the prowl and in fine form. Determined to ignore the somewhat obnoxious indifference displayed by your companions, you settle in next to the hearth as Iskridar and Prithon begin preparing supper and arguing over whose turn it is to tap the next cask of ale. Uh, with, with the sound of their, their friendly banter ringing in your ears, you drift off to sleep, bathed in the sweet reassuring glow of the fire and that ends this adventure for 384 experience to general all right i think we've got time for the next one adventures for this location north moss cave report of a glowing bear needs you to sharpwood farm north of terrific let's start this adventure embark on this adventure and so begins north moss cave 
The nook tacks of the wall just inside the front door is covered with a largely illegible scribbling of your fellow Silver Quest member, Teak. Seems fit to seems fit to pass off as whiting. You stand for a moment and stare thoughtfully at the message scrawled on a wrinkled piece of paper. Glowing, glowing bear up Sharpwood Farm. Told him we'd start by, Sir Crockington. I have business in Mixpool. We'll return soon. Teak. With no sign of Teak, Iskadar or Prithman to be had, he decided to set out at once for Sharpwood Farm. A sprawling swath of fertile acreage just north of the city. Within the hour, you're standing in, in the well-kept, modest dwelling of Kiwid, Kiwid Sharpwood, speaking with the nor- with with the young farmer and his wife, Narlin, about the glowing bear that has been attacking their livestock. Hmm. Well, that's new, but I guess that's all stuff can happen. Kiwid. Who, let, who took over Sharpwood Farm following the death of his, fa- of his farmer, father less than six months ago, tells you that the large bear is like no creature of the wild he's ever seen. Narlin agrees with his assessment and is quick to, dis- to describe for you a pale blue glow that surrounds the animal. Glow it is, says Kirid, shaking his head. It's almost ghostly. Some might say, but this beast is no ghost. I've got a taste for my herd, and no mistake about it. I've lost three cows just this past week. This weight I'll be ruined in another month. Covid tells you that a couple of day, days after the first attack, he was approached by a member of Hoodrock's Huntsmen, a band of monster slay- slayers operating out of Mugsbrough. The man, who never introduced himself, offered to have have Hoodrock's outfit hunt down, hunt down, hunt down the bear. All right, Hoodrock's huntsman. Who are they? Hoodrock's huntsman. Hoodrock's huntsman is the name of a small but accomplished band of monsters hunters that operate out of the city of Mugsborough in Western Tysa, led by Hoodrock, a master archer and conjurer. Hmm, convenient. Because I guess when you're also a conjurer, you'll never run out of arrows. The group has earned a stalwart reputation over the decade that has passed since its founding. But of course, they're nothing compared to the Silver Crest. Uh, we've, we've always worked with the quest for things like this, isn't it? Said Narlin. Quid's father would have never thought of hiring anyone but the best. And neither shall we. We explained this to the man. He seemed most put out, off by it. Do you think you can help us? Asked Kirid. Someone's got to do something about that bear. And I'll wager my last piece of gold that you're just, just who we need. You sense. Your answer in the affirmative seems to an effect of immediate sense of relief upon, upon the young couple. Kirid tells you that he has his known bears to take up residence in the cave in the forest in the forest north of his of his farthest field. 
Well, he does not know for certain that the glowing bear is coming out of the cave. You agree, agree that location is the best place at which to begin your investigation. Some, here, some around here call it Treasure Cave, he says, shrugging. My father always calls it North Moss Cave. And that's the name we use for it. I've never been in there. And I don't have any notion to ever enter it. My father claimed to have explored some of it. But sadly, I don't recall much of any anything he might have told me about it. Itokirin and Narlin, and you will find and deal with the glowing bear they reported. They thank you and ask, ask you to keep keep them informed of the progress. With that, you bid the couple farewell and set off on your way. You'll find North Marsh Cave under near nearby locations for Sharpwood Farm. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Save big on your Memorial Day barbecue, all in the Kroger app. Get three-pound rolls of juicy 80% lean ground beef for $3.49 a pound with a digital coupon. Then get select varieties of flavorful Powerade, Body Armor Super Drink, or Arizona Tea for 77 cents each, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger, less than five miles away. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. Sharpwood Farm, operated by Kirid and Narlin Sharpwood, is a swalling is a, is a sprawling swath of fertile acreage just just north of Twithick. A number of servants and labourers in the employ of the Sharpwoods reside in a cluster of small houses on the eastern edge of far, eastern edge of the farm. Well, let's go. I mean, we could seek them out, but they'll put. But no, no point until we've really, you know, dealt with the bear. Travel. Visit Sharpwood Farm. Locations nearby, North Marsh Cave. North Marsh Cave. Visit North Marsh Cave. You're standing in the forest just in the north of Sharpwood Farm's furthest fields. Before you, set in the base of a mossy hill, is a shadowy, gaping moor of a cave. According to Kirid, to Kirid Sharpwood. While the cave is called Treasure Cave by some Ooh, treasure though. He, like his father, has always referred to it as North Mosh Cave. Enter the cave. You're standing just inside the mouth of the cave. To the east a broad, damp, gently sloping pass gently sloping passage descends into darkness. Okay, I'm on the northwest side of the cave. I'm making my way east. Now there's a little circle. You step. You freeze in mid-step as a ghostly blue glow suddenly appears out of the gloom ahead. Your pulse quickens. Your pulse begins to waste as the source of the strange light, a glowing, a glowing halo, will 
highball beetle comes into focus. And though, though you, you may have heard of them before, but I'll read their entry again. Highball beetle. These dog-sized, black-shelled beetles are relatively common throughout the woodlands of Tysa, Philodon, and Warsaw. They're carnivorous and have a nearly insatiable appetite. Thus, these predators will usually attack anything that moves, moves in their vicinity. They have a set of large, powerful pincers that protrude, that protrude to cover their mandibles, and a long, sharp horn that sticks squarely out of the middle of their head. Alright. You instinctively draw yourself into a combat-ready stance as the glowing creature washes forward and attacks. Begin combat with the glowing Hylobore beetle. Let's fight it. Alright, the glowing Hylobore beetle viciously attacks you. Keeps doing that. I go into a battle wage. What are you glowing for, you silly thing? It is slain. 23 XP. Ooh, that's a lot. For a random encounter, anyway. The bright flash of blue light floods the cave passage, and the glowing glowing remains of the Hylobore beetles suddenly disappear. Hmm, odd. Is this some sort of illusion? After taking a few moments to recover from the fight, you once again resume your exploration. Okay... Going around the circle, you freeze in mid-step as a ghostly blue glow suddenly appears out of the gloom ahead. Your pulse begins to waste as the source of the strange light, a glowing armoured scavenger, comes into focus. You instinctively draw yourself into a combat-ready stance as the glowing creature rushes forward and attacks the glowing armoured scavenger. And we fought quite a few of those. We do, in fact, we fought some of those in the previous episode. The glowing Arbor scavenger viciously attacks you. No way. No way, no, I didn't fight them in the previous episode. I fought, fought them in... Well, I was worked on that. That wasn't recorded. <laughs> Silly me. Forgetting who I did with whom. Viciously attacks you, and it is slain. 23 XP. A bright flash of blue light... Floods the cave pa- pa- passage, and the glowing remains of the slain armor scavenger suddenly disappear. Curious, curious. What's going on here? After taking a few moments to recover from the fight, you once again resume your exploration. Alright, I've explored that little circle, and there's another circle to the northeast. It's another glowing hollowball beetle just turned up. It's like the first one, and it is slain. Quite a lot of health. 23 XP. A bright flash of blue light floods, floods the cave passage, and the glowing, glowing remains of the slain Hylobore beetles suddenly disappear. And taking a few moments to recover from the fight, you once again resume your exploration. Alright, making my way around that. Another glowing Hylobore beetle just going to quickly stab that to pieces. It is slain. 23 XP. A bright flash of blue light floods the cave passage and the glowing remains of the slain Hylobore beetles suddenly disappear. 
It's taking a few moments to recover from the fight. You once again resume your exploration. Alright, but where's the bear? Alright. Now there's a little rectangle southeast of that. Just going to quick combat another glowing hollowbore beetle for 23 XP. Another glowing hollowbore beetle. Quick combat. 23 XP. Well, it all adds up. Another glowing hollowbore beetle. Quick combat. 23 XP. And this is a glowing armoured scavenger. Quick combat. 23 XP. Your progress along the cave passage comes to an abrupt halt as a lone, lamp-bearing figure. Figure steps around the corner just ahead. The leather-clad man, his left, left hand holding up a lantern, and his right hand clutching the hilt of a short sword, is obviously startled by a sudden appearance. Without hesitation, however, he casts aside the lamp and rushes at you. His blade poised to cut you down. All right, okay, what's going on here? I'm just prepared to fight, you know, monsters and bears and bugs, but a man? What's going on here? Is it just a coincidence? Is he in league with the glowing beasts? Did he make the glowing beasts? Begin combat. Well, I've no chance of... There's no options to subdue, so I guess he's not going to tell me. Because of the whole being dead thing. The man slashes you with his short sword. Unless, of course, he... Alright, what if I run away? Flee. He slashes you with his short sword. You fled from combat. You take flight, narrowly dodging a deadly parting blow. And don't stop. Stop running until you've reached the mouth of the cave. There, bathed in the pale light, filtering in from forest outside. You pause to catch your breath. Much to your relief it appears you're no longer being pursued. I guess he's just well, I guess he's just very lucky that he's alive. Please continue. Although he's probably still there. Alright. Keep exploring. Past the first circle and then the second glowing horrible beetle. Quick combat. 23 XP. Alright. He frees in mid-step as a ghostly blue glow suddenly appears out of the gloom ahead. Your pulse quickens. Your pulse begins to waste as a, as a source of a strange light. A glowing, glowing wolf comes into focus. You instinctively draw yourself into combat. Combat where he stands. As the glowing creature rushes forward and attacks. The glowing wolf begins combat with it. bite of your enemy tears into your flesh. Hey, I need that flesh for, you know, having organs in and things. Does nine damage. Not special. I keep attacking it and it is now slain. I go into a battle range. And then the last round. And the quickstone will repeat the 20 you just rolled next round. If there was a next round but it is slain. 23 XP. White flash of blue light floods the cave passage, and the glowing remains of the slain wolf suddenly disappear. It's taking a few moments to recover from the fight, you once again resume your exploration.
Alright. It's a sword wielding man once again. Without her. The 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 shot the leather card man. His leather his left hand holding up his lantern, and a white hand clutching the hilt of his short sword. He's obviously startled by a sudden reappearance. Without hesitation, however, he casts aside the lamp and rushes at you. His blade poised to cut you down. Begin combat. Well, I guess I'm not getting past until I've slain him. Man lashes, grass slashes you with his short sword. Keeps going, keeps going, and is slain. 23 XP. You step back from the bloodied, lifeless body of your foe and spend a few moments checking over your gear and listening for any sign of movement along the clay passage. A quick search in the man's remains turns up his sword and several other items. Alright, I'll take his sword. It's just a common sword. Well, well crafted. And then there's some other things. Just some common loot. Oh, and four gold. Convinced you haven't overlooked anything, you once again set off through the through the gloom. Alright, making my way east. There's a little passage, nothing there. You cautiously explore the dark, twisting passages of North Moss Cave. Alright, make my way north from where, where I found the man. Twist this around a bit more. Your progress along the passage comes to a abrupt halt. As the lone lamp-bearing figure, as the lone lamp-bearing figure steps around, around the corner, just ahead, the chain-clad woman, her left hand holding up a battered leather, bolted, holding up a battered lantern, and her white hand clutching the hilt of a mace, step grasps in shock upon upon catching sight of you. Without hesitation, however, she tosses down the lamp and charges at you. Her weapon points to strike. So mace-wielding women, I'll just deal with her. She curses as she swipes at you with her mace. Okay, fair enough, I guess. Since, since she is going to die in a few seconds. And she is slain. 23 XP. You step back from the bloody, lifeless body of your foe. And spend a few moments checking over your gear and listening for any sign of movement along, along the cave passage. A quick search of the woman's remains turns up a mace and several other items. Take the sturdy mace. And here's some more items. I just take the good stuff. Oh, and 12 gold. Convinced you haven't overlooked anything, you once again set off through the gloom. Alright, just... Oh, it's another sword-wielding man. Your passage along the cave... Progress along the cave passage comes to abrupt halt as a lone, lamp-bearing figure step, steps around a corner just ahead. Is this just coincidentally a bandit hideout? I guess that could be it. The man, clad in a leather tunic... His left, his left hand holding a, ba a lantern and his right hand brandishing a short sword cries out in alarm as he takes notice of you. 
Without a moment's hesitation, however, he throws down the lamp and rushes forward, his sword cutting a deadly arc, arc before him. So sword-wielding man begins combat. He swings his sword at you and is now slain. For another 23 XP, you step back from the bloodied, lifeless body of your foe and spend a few moments checking over your gear and listening for any sign of movement along the cave passage. A quick search of the man's remains turns up his sword and several other items. A superior long sword, I'll just take that to sell later. And some more stuff to sell and, oh, and five gold. Convinced you haven't overlooked anything, you once again set off through the gloom. Alright, just finishing off that passage. Okay, there's a little, little twist. Little, little, well, little passage, short passage there. A large, iron-banded wooden chest sits against the black back wall of this natural alcove. The chest lid lid is closed and locked. The chest lock lock plate, a smooth piece of silver, bears several etchings of different dragon species. There are several ways to to respond to deal with this. I could use telekinesis, shadow magic, conjuration or thievery. Or I could just head back west, which means I'll just have to deal with it later. But no, no, I'll use random.org to decide which one of those to use. It's taking a while to load up. Alright, picking on between one and four. Doing one, we're using telekinesis. It succeeded. 24 experience to telekinesis. You channel your power of telekinesis and focus it on the keyhole, set into the centre of the silver lock plate almost at once. The sound of rattling tumblers reaches your ears. A moment later, a sharp click signals your success. You carefully lift the lid and peer down into the large chest. What could be in there? The chest contains a large assortment of items... Most of them aren't that good, but some of them are good. I'm just taking all the good stuff. Like unmatched padded boots. Superior wing breastplate. And an exceptional wing helm. Oh, and 31 gold and 7 trinkets worth 72 gold, adding up to 103 gold. And whatever I don't take will disappear, as usually happens with these things. At last, having completed your examination of the chest and its contents, you prepare to set off on your way. And the chest has just disappeared, as, as just happens. Okay, and now there's a longer passage south from where I just set off. Just twisting around a sword-wielding man. He throws aside his lantern and begins combat. Swipes at you with his blade and is slain. 
23 XP, you step back from the bloodied, lifeless body of your foe and spend a few moments checking over your gear and listening for any sign of movement along the cave passage. A quick search of the man's remains turns up a sword and several other items. Take a sword, take some items, and four gold as well. Alright, going along the passage, it's now going back north. Then it twists, and here we are. The passage widens, and you suddenly find yourself on the threshold of a large chamber. The back of the chamber. His back turned to you. He's a man in blue and grey robes, leaning over a wooden table. The remains of several armoured scavengers, hyper beetles and wolves, hmm, like we just fought the glowing versions of, lie strewn across the chamber's damp, uneven floor. Suddenly, the world man. His thin face punctuated by a long, long braided beard spins to face you. Though it's easy to discern your presence and nerves him, he manages to retain his composure as he addresses you in a soft but chilling voice. What are you doing here? He asks, moving to the front of the table. No matter, you're not believing. With that, the man thrusts his clasped hand over his head and a dazzling blue glow instantly envelops the tangle of blowny digits. Feeling he's about to, about to summon some sort of deadly magic, you're about to charge, charge for an attack when a loud guttural snarl echoes throughout the chamber. Out of the gloom that hides far side of the immense space charges a massive glowing bear. The bright, bright aura of blue, blue that surrounds the fearsome creature, is identical to the glow bathing the, the, ta- the knotted hand of its cruel summoner. You quickly draw yourself into a defensive stance as you prepare to engage the bounding bear. It's a massive glowing bear. Begin combat. The glowing bear bellows as it savagely attacks. And I attack even more savagely. I do a special of three impossibly swift blows for 27 damage. Bellows as it savagely attacks some more. It's nearly done. And now, oh, I finish it off with a battle wage and it is slain. 40 XP. A bright flash of blue light floods the chamber, and the glowing remains of the slain bear disappear. As the glow fades, you suddenly realise there is no longer any sign of the world's man, whose magic either summoned or created the fearsome creature you just engaged. Hmm. Oh, I guess he just ran away while he had the chance. A quick search of the cham- chamber turns up no further sign of the world mage, but on a table in which he has been st- on which he had been table at which he had been standing, you discover a silver dragon-shaped key tied to a thin 
thin them for string. Deciding it may prove useful, you promptly take possession of it. The dragon cake shaped key. The silver key is shaped to resemble a winged dragon. Hmm. Also has an encumbrance of one. Satisfied that the chamber contains nothing else of any particular interest, and that you've eliminated the glowing bear that plaguing Sharpwood Farm, as well as discovering what's behind it, you prepare to find your way out of the cave. Alright, I guess he'd been just making the glowing creatures from just random forest, forest critters. And I think, I guess that dragon-shaped key would have opened that chest I opened earlier. But of course, I've already opened it, so I don't need to use the key. Alright, making my way back west. Okay, and so on and so on. Going west, there's various twisty bits, but we've been there before. Past the what? Past the rectangle. Past the second circle. Past the first circle we encountered. And here's the entrance. You're approaching the mouth of the cave when you suddenly spot a figure lurking through the gloom at the edge of the passage. A figure emerges from the shadows and steps into your pool of light. Once again, you find yourself face to face with the robed, bearded man you first encountered only a short while ago. Without a word, the sinister mage thrusts his white hand towards you, unleashing a broad arc of lightning that misses you by mere inches. Hmm. I mean, hmm. I mean, if you'd went just a little bit further, you'd have probably got away. But now you're going to die. I'm willing to allow, allow him the opportunity, opportunity to gather his strength for a second blast. You charge forward and attack. It's the world mage. Begin combat. The world mage unleashes a small arc of lightning, but it misses. Blood tines of blue lightning strike you as your enemy unleashes a deadly energy attack for 11 damage. The rest of his attacks miss. Oh, another deadly energy attack for seven damage. And now he is slain. And no more crime to be done. 23 XP. The world mage is dead. You lean. Lean. You lean down over his lifeless body. And search through his... And search through his belongings, eager to lay your hand on something that might help to identify him. Though you don't find anything that serves to reveal the man's name or purpose, your search turns up the following. A sturdy mace and an unidentified platinum wing. This smooth platinum band bears no marking. You recover this wing from the body of the world mage you killed in North Moss Cage. Not but identified, learn more. And that's just that just explains about identified items. Identifiable items, but we we you all know about that. Without further delay, you prepare to make your way out of the cave. You step out of the cave and into the bright light of the forest. 
thankful to have completed your mission and eager to leave leave behind Dank Doom North Moss Cave, you promptly set out. You promptly set out on a relatively short trek to North Sharpwood Farm. Quid and Nowlin are overjoyed when when you when you relate to them the success of your mission. They're quite taken aback, however, when you reveal to them what you discovered in North Moss Cave. As you describe to them the bearded mage, who was apparently summoning all manner of glowing creatures, including the massive bear, Carid glass gasps. Carid's eyes widen and gasps. That's the very man who offered us the services of Horrocks Huntsman, he cries, gnawing nonce, and then, quite unexpected, expectedly bursts into laughter. I mean, what kind of... Yes, quite a scheme they cooked up, isn't it? He manages at last. Her eyes tearing into pleasant sound. Tearing. Tearing as the pleasant sound of her laughter begins to ebbs. Can you imagine such a thing as that? I suppose that's one way to keep yourself busy. At length, you take... You take your leave of Curid and Arlen, through not before the young farm. Young farmer presses a pouch filled with filled with gold into your hand. Two hundred gold, actually. I suppose that was square, was he says, meeting him on the shoulder cross. As I said before, Sir Crockington, the quest has always stood by Sharpwood Farm. And we will always stand by the quest. Thank you again. Not long after parting ways with Kewid and Larlin, Larlin, you're back. You're back in the ta- in the cluttered interior of the renovated tavern that has long served as the headquarters of the Silver Quest. There, there, two of your fellow quest members. Prithu and Isquidar playfully admonish you for having taken on the task at Sharpwood Farm without first consulting on sorting them. You might have seen fit to ask us about it, says Prithu. Of course, of course, of course, adhering to the notion that that any that the pre, pre the premises promises for you to accept any and all glory. Well, seeing your actions are unjustified, and that you've done quite well by yourself, Esquitar, echoing the half-serious tone of his long-time friend and companion, chimes in, asking how it is that you found out about the dire circumstance that beset beset the sharp woods. Oh, so Teak left left a note, left it for you, I suppose. Well, I suppose he needs he's a bit working you know, that that this is, apart from how many times it may it may 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 seen an an enterprise based on well, no matter. 
Really? Good showing. Good showing, though, Sherlock Workington. The sharp words of mine, working sharp. For this part of the worm. Worm could use it for a few more of their sort. Put them smiles. Winks. Winks at you. And slaps you on the shoulder. As he fetches you three ales. From the... As he fetches three ales from the newly newly tapped cask. Then, the three of you place yourself in front of the fire and settle in as you begin to account, account for your comrades the details of your adventure in North Moss Cave. When, you, when you've concluded your account, Pritham rises from his chair and leans against the mantel. He reaches for the reaches for for the poker for the iron poker and pokes at the fire as he stares at the dancing flames. Interesting bit about the huntsman, he says. First to you and then to Iskridar. I've long realized that a certain rivalry exists between us. Though I dare say it would have I would not have so, not have thought it would come to this. Pooh. I dare say it wouldn't surprise me, knowing Hundrak as we do. Hardly surprising, Iskadar frowning. Howard, Hungrok hasn't won a foul. Hungrok hasn't won a foul of a, of a bad sort. And been... Taking the task by now is quite, quite beyond me. Well, in the end, with all, with all come to the aid of someone in need. That's all that really matters. I'm sorry for the cow's sharp. The cow's sharp would lost. Maybe, maybe I'll help him, help him out a bit. I'd like to hear what Shriek thinks about all this when he gets back. Pritham busies himself. Busies himself fetching more whale, and you stretch your legs out before, out before the fire and close your eyes, content, even if just for a lingering moment, to enjoy the peaceful sort of peaceful quiet of a place that seems almost removed from the unpredictability and all-too-common indifference of the wider world. Alright, and that finishes this adventure for 512 experience to general and 32 experience to all skills and powers. And that unlocks another adventure, well, two more adventures, one called Ulin's Boot, and one called the Stolen Journal. And I guess those will be what we do next. Time to save. And until then, farewell, fellow adventurers. Save big on your Memorial Day barbecue. All in the Kroger app. Get three-pound rolls of juicy 80% lean ground beef for $3.49 a pound with a digital coupon. Then get select varieties of flavorful Powerade, Body Armor Super Drink, or Arizona Tea for 77 cents each, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger, less than five miles away. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. 
Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.